The title, the subject of message three, being saved from the crooked and perverted generation to be the corporate Christ as today's ark. Uh, just a brief opening word concerning this word ark, of course, in relation to Noah. And as I review a little bit from message one, <clears throat> we see afresh what the Lord Jesus told us prophetically, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. This is very clear the violence, the lawlessness, the immorality, human beings being reduced just to mere flesh in their living. And then the Lord also said, as it was in the days of Lot. And it's significant perhaps, that the Lord did not speak again about marriage and giving in marriage as it was in Noah's time, but they're buying and selling and producing things. It could be that because in where Lot was living at the time in Sodom, Marriage, according to God, had been totally disregarded and degraded. And that also is a development in this present age. Throughout the United States, I'm talking widespread, it may not be in every single city, in the public schools, They are teaching the children from the time they're so little about things that 10 years ago we would have said are terribly immoral, almost criminal, to encourage what the children should do regarding sexuality and their identity. And we're only in the beginning stage of this. So God made it known to Noah that he will judge the whole earth. But Noah found favor in the eyes of God because he followed his spiritual predecessors. He called on the Lord. He offered the animal sacrifices, he walked with God and God appointed him with his family to build this ark. And the ark had a twofold result. It rescued 
Noah, his wife, and his sons and their wives from the judgment on that evil generation. Surely there were more people on the earth than just eight who believed in God, who had some kind of serious consideration of God. There's not only atheists and these kind of people, but they were not in the ark. They perished with that generation. Then when the water subsided and the ark settled on a mountain and Noah and his family came forth and began to live again in a new situation. That portion of Noah's history recorded in Genesis indicates through typology, two crucial matters. First, that ark typifying Christ, also, as we will see again and again, the corporate Christ, that ark, Christ, brought Noah and his families through death into resurrection life. The ark brought them into the realm of resurrection life. And then the second result is that now they are in what we would call a foreshadowing or kind of a miniature picture of the kingdom of God. So the burden in this message is about being saved from the crooked and perverted generation in order to be the corporate Christ. Not saved just in order to go to heaven not saved in order just to have a peaceful life, but saved for God's purpose to be the church as the corporate Christ. And now this is of utmost importance as today's ark. As I am speaking this word, and at a later time when you will be hearing this word, both now and at the time you hear and during the interval, the triune God through his faithful people on the earth will be building today's ark. Building up the church the body of Christ, the corporate Christ, 1 Corinthians 12, 12. I think it would be helpful for me to read this verse.
For even as the body is one and has many members, yet all the members of the body being many are one body, so also is the Christ. So here, these words, the Christ, refers not only to the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ himself, but what we call the corporate Christ. An obvious illustration, an elementary one, but maybe helpful. Each one of us as a person has a body And we consider every member in our body part of us. If someone would kind of poke us, we might say, don't touch me. We don't say, don't touch my elbow. Don't touch my upper arm. If someone steps on our foot, we don't say, please don't step on the big toe. Just don't step on me. So I hope this is clear and penetrating. God is building in his recovery the corporate Christ, the church. And we're emphasizing a particular aspect of the church. Not only as the dwelling place of God, not only as the kingdom of God or as the new man, but the church as today's ark. And as we are exercised in our Christian life and church life to participate in building up this ark, this corporate Christ, We are actually building ourselves into it. After Noah and his family built the ark, they entered into the ark. And this is a picture that we are not simply building something objectively as we we are building the church Together, we are building ourselves into the church as God's building. And my dear brothers and sisters, there is a great difference between merely meeting with the church or with the saints to a certain extent and being built into the church to attend a meeting now and then at our convenience, to to serve in practical things at least a little bit. Many just say, I can't can't help with that. I can't help... uh, take care of the meeting place or anything like this. I'm just so busy. 
Others consider practical service as part of their church life. So these saints, as they meet, as they serve, are not only building the church, they are building themselves into the church. So it seems to me that a question, the Lord's Spirit may be asking us, as this message is presented, is a personal question. Are you being built up into the church? Are you becoming part of it? And when you, we are a part of it, we are immovable. So with this thought in mind, we can now consider the outline point by point. And just two major points. Today, there are only two things on earth. The crooked and perverted generation and the church as the corporate expression of Christ. Let me just pause. Ask you, just think about this. There are only two things. That's it. Either one or the other. There's no third. And there is neutrality, no neutrality. The first thing is the crooked and perverted generation all over the earth. Many aspects of Satan's world system. And the other thing is the church as the corporate expression of Christ. Not just a local church existing. No. One may be in an existing local church and actually be living in the crooked and perverted generation and liking it and loving it and staying in it. Their values, what is precious to them, what they love indicates this. They don't have to say a word. Their manner of life manifests this. But they may feel, I'm in the Lord's recovery, I'm in the church life. Well, you are. Yes, you are. You're part of the family. But we're talking about the church as the corporate expression of Christ. Some of these subpoints are really powerful. Of course, their source is from my spiritual father, Brother Lee, his ministry. And we are developing this and applying this. Whoever is not in the church as the corporate expression of Christ today is in the crooked generation. 
Only the sovereign God, the omniscient God knows the percentage of the dear ones we call affectionately the church kids who went to children's meeting in a certain age, they truly got saved and were baptized. And it causes the hearts of parents to ache, just to ache when they realize my son, my daughter, they are children of God, but they are living as part of this crooked generation. They're not living in the corporate expression of Christ. There's no third place for them to go. One, as long as a believer in Christ is not built up in the church, that one is in the crooked and perverted generation. Now, when I come to this point, I need to make an important sidebar or footnote comment. And that is, we must not compromise the truth. The truth is absolute. Even parents, godly parents, they should not uh, dilute the truth by saying, well, Yes, uh, that young adult, we knew from the time they were in children's meeting, uh, that one is in the crooked and perverted generation. But my grown children, uh, yes, they're not meeting and I don't think they're reading the Bible much. But they're not part of the crooked and perverted generation. This is compromising the truth. We have to accept the actual situation. Then that will issue in the prayer we need, in the fighting prayers we need on behalf of all of our younger generation. Again, it's not that Oh, I meet with the church sometime. So I'm not part of the crooked and perverted generation. You'll see as we go on. You are part of the crooked and perverted generation in a particular way. Because sometimes you put your foot into the church life. But that's not your center. And that's not your goal. Your career. You use that word career. I cannot. It's not your profession, your trade that you're developing as Daniel did in captivity. This is your career. And recently, 
I was just in fellowship, involved with some suffering saints, and one who had gone to be with the Lord. And we dearly loved this one, and were judges of no one. But the living of that one indicated what was central was career. Career. Let's all be honest with the Lord, with ourselves. Please don't run away from these points. This is the heart of God being open to you to save you from this, to save your family from this crooked and perverted generation. Two, if a believer, a child of God, is not in the church, that one is not in the testimony of Jesus. Rather, such a believer is in the crooked and perverted generation of the present age. They're a believer. They're a child of God. That can never change. Even if someone wants to change, you cannot change your birth, but you are by birth. We are born of God. We're a child of God. And throughout the United States, surely there are hundreds of God-regenerated men and women of various ages. They're believers still in their heart. And they are children of God. The Spirit continues to witness. As Romans 8.16 says, but they're not in the church And they are part of the crooked and perverted generation. And if they remain this way, they will pass through God's, you could say, furious, righteous judgment on this present evil age. Be the entire world with its unbelieving and believing aspects, is condemned by God. I don't want to name a particular theological seminary. I'm referring to one, and some of you may know which one I'm referring to. It was established in California in the late 1940s by some faithful brothers in Christ trained in Bible and theology, truly evangelical, absolute for the gospel. They would not be a part of these heretical groups or liberal seminaries. And they began a new seminary. And it has grown very much and has a 
a very good reputation, a high reputation among believers, true believers, often called evangelical believers. And uh, the number of students has increased to be one of the largest, if not the largest, in the country. And there may be very few exceptions of someone coming there to study um, in an academic way to get a master's degree who's not a believer, but the vast majority of them are. But the fact is, they are part, part of the religious sector of the crooked and perverted generation. It's either built up into the church as the corporate Christ, or living as part of the present, the crooked and perverted generation. No matter how someone loves the Lord so much, they love the word, they pray, they read the Bible, they share the gospel. We're not analyzing, we're not criticizing persons. It's where they are. Then the kind of religious work you are doing is not building up the church, the corporate Christ, the ark. It's building up something else. So that's why I stand by this point. The entire world, I'm reading again deliberately, with its unbelieving and believing aspects, is condemned by God. God is using his loving and faithful seekers in his recovery to protest against today's trend. We are surely living in a period of protests, all kinds of protests in the last year or so in this country. But we're not going to protest in that outward way, and often a lawless way, not always, but often. But we are protesting. This message is a protest against today's trend. I protest against the teaching in the public schools in California about gender, about what is moral concerning human sexuality. And they're teaching them, oh, just do whatever you want. I don't I want I can't even use the words. I will not use the words. I protest this. It doesn't mean I'm going to walk outside somewhere with a sign. I'm not going to be engaged in politics. I protest with others through prayer. Lord, we disagree with this. Save us from this. Save all the saints from this and then judge this crooked and perverted generation. See, the church as the corporate expression of Christ is a testimony against today's evil 
generation. It doesn't mean, again, we, we go on the media and declare things. Doesn't mean we go walk around on the streets declaring things. It's what we are. It is just what we are is an anti-testimony against today's evil generation. Several years ago, uh, a young adult married couple, maybe about 25 years old, came to the full-time training in Anaheim. And the sister was born into a church life family and was saved in the church and grew in life. And the Lord brought her together in marriage with this young man, a believer, not at the beginning in the church life, but he entered in and they were married and they both came to the full-time training. But he openly disagreed with certain things we stood for and were teaching. And he was, on the one hand, respectful. I have to be fair. At the other hand, he was quite audacious. And he openly said, if I remember correctly, in a class, that he agrees with same-sex marriage. This is one of several things. And here he is in an environment with, with every fiber of our being say no. God created male and female. Marriage according to God is one man and one woman being joined together to be one flesh. Same-sex marriage before God. It's not marriage. Yes, the Supreme Court made a law. Yes, they did. That's why the liberals bypassed the legislature and manipulated certain justices to make a law for the whole country. So that's the law. I accept that. I'm not here politicizing against that. But I will never condone what's called same-sex marriage. And so we had to ask, after maybe two months, we had to ask this brother to withdraw from the training. He does not really respect the teaching brothers. He feels he can challenge He really didn't know where he was. And what has become of him and of them, I don't know. But he, as far as I know, is still part of a crooked and perverted generation. And we are the testimony of Jesus. And we are an anti-testimony against all these evil things no matter what the mainstream medias do, 
what the liberal politicians say, what the professors, the godless professors teach, what they're trying to bring in to the public schools. We are an anti-testimony. And we're not ashamed of it. I'm referring to Paul's word. I'm applying it to this situation. In Galatians, uh, in 1 Corinthians 15.10, By the grace of God, I am what I am. And our testimony is, By the grace of God, we are what we are. A testimony against the trend of this age. So, the church as the corporate expression of Christ is a testimony against today's evil generation. The church is the testimony of Jesus protesting against the crooked, evil, perverted generation. We shouldn't be passive about this. We shouldn't just let things happen. I'm just illustrating now. But parents, especially mothers throughout the country, are rising up to protest against certain things being taught in the schools. Strongly protesting. I want my daughter, my son, just to learn reading, science, mathematics, to learn Genuine history. That you want to teach all these evil things. And we know the source is from the enemy. It's from Marxism. This is Marxism in disguise. We will not tolerate that. Well, what parents decide to do is up to them. The church will not be involved in this way. We are a testimony of the all-inclusive Christ in and through his body. And we are an anti-testimony against this evil age. Two, as the testimony of Jesus, we the church, as the corporate expression of Christ, stand against the present crooked and perverted generation. This is today's Lord's recovery. We stand against this crooked and perverted generation. We shouldn't be, oh, just shy and fearful. We need Christ to be our boldness. We need Christ to be our strength and our courage. We're not using anything from the self or the flesh. We are God-men testifying in the name of the Lord. God hates the evil of this generation and judgment is coming. Roman 2 
if we would be the corporate expression of Christ in the church life, we need to be today's, quote, family of Noah, building the corporate Christ as the ark that will deliver us from the crooked and perverted generation and usher us into the coming age of the kingdom of God. And I just remind you, this is portrayed with Noah and his family. They built the ark, then became part of the ark by spending a long time in the ark. And then, when the dry land appeared and everything was fresh and new, they came forth from the ark and a new age began in resurrection life. And that is a little picture of the kingdom. Brothers and sisters, probably all of us, really hope and long to be overcomers, to be produced as overcomers, and to reign with Christ in the, in the kingdom for a thousand years. We want to hear him say, well done, faithful servant. We want to be part of the bride who has made herself ready. We want to be invited to the wedding feast. We want to be raptured as overcomers. Now we're seeing something specific regarding how our longing, our hope, our prayer, our seeking can be worked out. We are in the Lord's recovery, building an ark. We are increasingly conscious of the fact of how evil this generation is and that we are nearing the consummation of this age. And those who have built up the ark and build themselves into the ark build themselves into the corporate Christ. Just before the Antichrist is manifested and the Great Tribulation begins, this ark will bring those built into the ark into another age. We will be rescued from what will immediately be coming on this present evil age all over the earth. No exception. Just as now, all over the earth, we've all suffered due to this pandemic and the way certain governments have handled it wisely, politically, foolishly. But we're in it. We can't say, I don't want to live here. I don't want to be here. We're here. Well, 
Millions of believers will be realizing this when the Great Tribulation has begun, even if we're not, if they're not in the Mediterranean area. The entire habited earth will be under judgment. But a small number of people have built themselves into the ark, the corporate Christ. And they are now in another realm in resurrection life. And in three and a half years, they will come to earth with Christ the Lord and reign with him for a thousand years. For us, at the Lord's recovery, at this time and at this juncture, I would say the way, the way for us to be rapture ready, mature in life, responsive to the rapture call, to be saved from this generation, and to be brought before the Son of Man on the throne. I don't dare say building up the ark, there won't be any exceptions. Maybe someone like our dear brother Billy Graham. He walked in white. He may have been an overcomer. There, in Sardis, an overcomer. But I'm talking about us. It's not individual spiritual heroes that will make it. It's the ark builders. And by the Lord's mercy, I think it's fair to say this, we are the only believers who have received this light because we were under the ministry of the age governed by the vision of the age. Now we are responsible as well as blessed for what we are seeing. Let's build the ark together. And this will deliver us from the crooked and perverted generation and will usher us into the coming age of the kingdom of God. It will deliver and it will bring, it will usher. Doesn't that have impact on you? Doesn't that touch you? Don't you want to be part of this? Surely you do. A, the ark built by Noah is a type of Christ as the salvation of God's elect. The ark that we are building today is the corporate Christ. The church is our salvation from today's crooked, perverted, and evil generation. So, the ark Noah built is a type of Christ himself, through whom and by whom we have been saved. But it also typifies the corporate Christ, the church, the Christ. And this corporate Christ, this ark, will be our salvation 
from today's crooked, perverted, and evil generation. And maybe the Lord will lead many saints, especially these faithful praying sisters. Lord, save this young generation from this evil age. Show them the way of salvation is to be built into the church. Outwardly, as I pointed out before, they live a normal human life in their profession, in their trade. If they're a stay-at-home mom, a pneumatic mom, a student, a retired person, we live a normal human life. But inwardly, it's Christ and the church, the Christ. This is why we are here and why we were saved, and why we've been preserved. Let's build the ark. B, the church life is today's ark to terminate the present age and bring in God's kingdom. Okay, let me put it this way. When the ark has been built in the sight of God, Christ comes. It's not only the world situation that's the sign. The major sign is the ark when it's built and we have built ourselves into it. Then that will match the world situation or the Lord will adjust the world situation to cause it to match. And that will be the time. And then the ark is gone. The rapture of the living overcomers. One, the Lord desires the family of Noah to build the ark and testify against the trend of the age so that we can use them to terminate the age and bring in the kingdom of the kingdom age. The Lord needs believers that he can use to proclaim his word, to be a testimony. The angels will not be doing it. The Lord will not do it himself unilaterally. He needs us. A. Noah was saved not only from God's judgment, but also from the crooked perverted, and evil generation. And remember the Lord said they continued living that way, eating, drinking, partying, enjoying, having fun, marriage, giving in marriage, right until the time Noah's family entered the ark. This will go on right until the time, and then, boom! Where are they? Where's the ark? Where are these strange church people? Where are they? And many believers, even those in the Lord's recovery, they'll have the answer. I have to say, 
The Lord has taken them to himself. They are the overcomers. Get ready, my friend, to pass through the great tribulation for the next three and a half years. We had the chance. I heard a message. I heard a message about this. It just bounced off me. I just continued my concept of balance. Oh, I don't want to be extreme. And so, it's what I mentioned before. One foot in, one foot out. That's not the same thing as being absolutely for Christ in the church and living a normal human life in your work and family. It's, I want both. I want both. I want, I'm going to do the impossible. Serve God and also serve money. Love God and also love the world. That it, this is the notion of balance for some, even among us. The kind of salvation that Noah built, secured and enjoyed, was not a salvation merely from eternal perdition, but also out of the crooked, evil generation into a new age. We've all been saved eternally. And it's a comfort to us older parents who is full-grown, middle-aged sons and daughters. They're not building the ark But we can truly thank the Lord. They're saved. They're saved. It is an utterly great matter to be saved eternally. Our sins have been forgiven. We have eternal life. That's not the question. The question is, where are the believers who are now living to meet God's need and fulfill his purpose by building the ark. To what we are building in the church life is the corporate Christ as the ark for our salvation and for the salvation of the ones under our care. We're not just building it in an individualistic way, like, oh, Lord, I I want to be rescued from this. Uh, I don't want to be a part of this. Uh, I'm going to actively participate in the building so I I won't be here. Well, our prayer has to be expanded and deepened and uplifted. It's not just about you and me. It's first what the Lord needs before Christ can come back. And the more we are for this building, the more our heart is enlarged and burdened for so many. Lord, it's not too late. Lord, fulfill Ezekiel 34. The sheep have been scattered. You are the shepherd. You said, I will seek them and bring them out. Lord, it's not too late. And we don't just pray for our own sons and daughters. We pray for all the church kids that are grown up. We pray for them. 
We're still in the age of grace. You are a God of mercy. We are here because of your mercy and grace. It's not too late. Shame the enemy. Shame the enemy by delivering them from that satanic realm to bring them back into yourself and into the church life. Do this not just for us. Do this for the glory of God. You will be glorified in the way you recover your children and put the enemy to shame. Lord, we join with you to bind the strong man. We cannot do it alone. You want to do it with us? We bind the strong man. And now, Lord, you take the lead. We enter into the house and recover what is yours. We're not going to be selfish here about we just want to be in the kingdom personally. We just want to be saved from this generation personally. We're here first for the desire of God's heart, his will, his purpose, his plan, his economy, his way. And we're here for all the beloved saints. And we're testifying on behalf of the Lord whom we serve. We are your testimony. We are your corporate expression. And Lord, we are an anti-testimony. We, the corporate Christ, are an anti-testimony against every aspect of this crooked, perverted, and evil age. And so the ark, it wasn't just for Noah. It wasn't just for Noah and his wife. And actually, it wasn't just for Noah's sons and their wives. Surely, if a friend who heard Noah preaching righteousness and was convicted and said, Lord, Noah, I would like to join you in completing the building of the ark. And I ask you, may I come in? Of course you can come in. Whoever wills, who participates in the building and is built in, will be in. We're not narrow. Our heart is being enlarged more and more. We just call out to believers all over the earth, come and build the ark. Come out of this crooked, perverted generation into the ark-building church life. All that we have learned, all that we have experienced is all available to you to save you so many years. Just come. We invite you to come. But the decision is yours, whether you come or not. We will continue building until the end. See, the salvation in Philippians 2.12 is the salvation that saves us from the crooked and perverted generation. This salvation is the church as the corporate Christ whom we are building as today's ark. 
So outwardly, Paul was in prison. Before too long, he would be executed. But intrinsically, organically, he was in the ark. And he is still building the ark. And he was supplied through the prayers of the ark. And the salvation he was talking about was the salvation not for eternity, but from the present evil generation. To have the proper church life is not only to stand on the ground of oneness, but also to build the ark to save ourselves from the present evil generation and bring us into a new age. Yes, in the 1960s, as I've mentioned a number of times, we were faithful and really vitally exercised according to what we saw, the vision that we saw, but it was very limited. And we thought, we've arrived. We're just in the local church. That's it. And then we sang that song. We'll stand right here till Jesus comes, standing on the local ground. We'll stand right here till Jesus comes, standing on the local ground. And we thought, we just stand here, faithful on the local ground, uh, standing on the ground of oneness, meeting several times a week, meeting in our homes, serving, preaching the gospel, receiving all the believers. That's it. But... In the last 50 plus years, there's been a tremendous advance. And Brother Lee just poured out, I can't say everything that was in him. Surely there was much more he wanted to release. But the Lord was pleased. But the crucial matters, the central matters, were released at the end. And so, we're not just standing on the local ground. We are building the ark to end the age and usher us into the kingdom. So there's two levels of the church life, isn't there? And uh, I haven't used this, heard, heard this expression used for decades, but on the Lord's Day morning, uh, with some regularity, uh, a brother or sister would come. Many of them had been in the Lord's recovery in another part of the earth, and now they're in the United States, advancing their human life in a good way. And they would just come on what was then called Sunday morning. And the expression that Brother Lee used was Sunday morning Christians. Now you will give an hour of the time to be here. But that's not really what you're living for, is it? But you're troubled if you wouldn't come on the Lord's Day. And we don't put a label on you. 
We're glad that you're here. But these believers need to understand what they're doing and how they're living. And so one level of the church life is I'm just a meeting attended person and meeting when I feel like it or when it's practical for me to do it. Or I'm just determined I will come to the Lord's table meeting. I won't stay for prophesying. I won't come to the prayer meeting. I won't meet anyone's homes. But I, I'm, I'm in the Lord's recovery. There's a brother I first met in 1966. He was very active in serving. And for some reason, years and years ago, he just withdrew from the church life. And I saw him uh, at a wedding meeting. He came and he said sincerely, he said that my feet are in Jerusalem. Inwardly, my heart is to be, I mean, I'm still in the Lord's recovery. But he never came back practically. And now he's with the Lord. How the Lord will evaluate, that's his responsibility. So we can just be a meeting attending, a meeting attending church life. Or, in addition to that, we can be part of the ark building church life. I say again, we'll continue to fulfill our human responsibilities while we have breath. We have to be normal humans. Two women grinding, two men in the field. That's the picture. But we know what we're living for. Not just to have meetings, but to build an ark, the corporate Christ. And I want my entire life to contribute to this. Two, we need a salvation that is built not by God directly, but by our daily cooperating <clears throat> with his inward operation. So there's this inward operation to save us in life, according to Romans 5.10, for the building up of the ark. D, God wants the church, the ark, where we can be saved from today's evil generation. God wants to save us. Listen, God wants to save you through this ark from the crooked generation and usher us into God's kingdom to fulfill his eternal purpose. God wants the church, the ark. God wants to save us. But we're not robots. There's a human will to make decisions. But this is what God wants. Two, God cares for whether or not we are in the ark the proper church life. He cares. I'm not, I'm not saying he judges 
Why, why are you not? What's wrong with you? You're naughty. That's not his heart. God cares for whether or not we are in the ark, the proper church life. He still cares. As I'm saying this, only he knows how he looks upon all those born into the church life and were regenerated, reborn in the church life when they were young and advanced to a certain stage and then now they're just somewhere else. He still cares for them. He has not abandoned them. His heart is always open to them. There would be joy whenever one returns. But at the same time, God must focus on building the ark. He wants us to be a part of the corporate Christ, part of the testimony of Jesus. I'm not trying to give people a script to write emails or say in conversation to other saints. It's not that. But it may come out in some fellowship to say, do you know what God wants concerning you? Because he loves you? He sent his son to die for you? He wants you to be part of the corporate Christ. He's not demanding this from you. He wants this from you. I believe that would touch someone, even if they would say, no, I'm never coming back. But we have been faithfully testifying on behalf of the Lord. The Lord loves you, and he wants you to be part of the corporate Christ. E, we need not only to preach the individual Christ, but also to build the corporate Christ, the church, which is today's ark. Through the corporate Christ, we are saved from the crooked and perverted generation. Again, this central thought. Through this corporate Christ, we are saved. Now I would address something personally. No matter your age, your situation. God wants you to be saved from this crooked and perverted generation. And uh, there are different ways we're part of the crooked and perverted generation depending on our age, our situation, our financial circumstances, whatever. Just a simple prayer. Lord, I want to be saved from this present evil age. And I want those in my family to be saved. Lord, I want all the saints in our home group meeting to be saved. Lord, I want everyone in the church here in this locality to be saved. 
then it gets larger and larger. Lord, save us. We have heard an honest word concerning what the age will be like just before you come back. And we have been bewildered about what's happening, how different things are than what they were five years ago in this country. What is happening? Unending. Lord, who can, what can we believe when the politicians are speaking and the talking heads and the media? Lord, I don't want to be swept away from this. Save me. And he would say yes. But I'm not going to just pluck you out. I will save you by causing you to build yourself into the ark to join others, to build up the ark and to build themselves into the ark. While the apostles were preaching the individual Christ, they were building up the corporate Christ, the ark, in which they will enjoy God's full salvation. God's full salvation is personal yet even more. It's a corporate matter. It's a body matter. Remember those words Brother Lee said to me. Spirituality is a body matter. Two, we should be faithful to do the same thing. Preaching the gospel and building the ark. Preaching Christ and building Christ. The words building Christ may sound rather unusual to some, but this is building the corporate Christ. Remember 1 Corinthians 12, 12. We're building the church as the corporate Christ. And many of you who are listening to this are in Austin, Texas. Others are in larger, small localities in central Texas and elsewhere, and who knows how many, and wherever they are, that the Lord wants you to participate in building up the ark. We know from Ephesians 2.21 The entire building is growing into a holy temple in the Lord. That's universal. Verse 22, you also are being built together as a dwelling place for God. The universal work right now, all over the recovery, in every language and country, is building the ark. Now, in our locality, under the Lord's leading through the elders and responsible brothers. We want to participate in building the ark. It's not a local ark. It's a corporate ark universally, but it's built up locally through the local churches. F, when this ark is built up, the Lord Jesus will return. Oh, What words that Brother Lee had this leading? I believe this with my whole being. 
When this ark is built up, the Lord will return. And we may sincerely pray from time to time and even sing that one banner song, Come, Lord Jesus. And our prayer is, Come, Lord Jesus. And he appreciates this. But then maybe he would ask the angels to sing to us. This is imagination. I I know. I'm just illustrating. Build the ark. Build the ark. Do you want me to come? Build the ark. I cannot come until you build the ark. I will not come until the ark is built. Do you really want me to come and rapture you? I believe you do. Then I will come and I will come for you when you have built yourself into the ark, the corporate ark, the corporate Christ. The Lord has not yet come back, has not come back yet because he is still waiting for the ark to be built. He is still waiting. When will it be built? Why not now? Why not in the foreseeable future? With if not all of us, almost all of us are still here on the earth. We build until the end. And then we're taken live by rapture to the throne. Why not? I believe this is more than possible. It has to happen sometime, somewhere, with some believers. Why not now? Why not here? Why not with us? When the testimony of the church life in the Lord's recovery is matured, the Lord Jesus will return. And the testimony of the church is the corporate expression of Christ. That is the ark manifesting Christ, expressing Christ corporately. So this brings us to the end. When will the Lord Jesus return? As it was in the days of Noah? So will it be in the days of the parousia of the Son of Man? The world is chaotic, lawless, rebellious, full of violence. But while that's going on, the Lord will raise up a group of people who are building the ark, the corporate Christ. They are building themselves into this ark, into this corporate Christ. And when the the Lord looks at the situation carried out by the faithful overcoming believers, he could say, the ark is ready. It's been built. I'm coming. I just long for that time and long to be with you in the ark when our beloved Lord Jesus comes. So on our behalf, I end by saying, come Lord Jesus. On his, the Lord's behalf, 
I say, build the ark.